Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle with Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang. It's time now to turn our attention to the bigger picture. Ryan, this morning, the bigger picture is China because we saw a bit of a shift towards some kind of a reopening of the economy with some easing of COVID measures over the weekend. In fact, over last week. Some good news down the road and it is painting a possible or potential reopening in the near future. So we are seeing some reports around Shanghai and Hangzhou, the latest cities, to ease those COVID restrictions. So, for example, PCR testing requirements will be stepped down for outdoor public venues such as parks and also public transport. You don't have to take those tests as well. So that's good news for Shanghai, which, of course, you might remember earlier this year went through quite a tough lockdown for nearly two months. And Hangzhou, which is home to tech giant Alibaba and other HQs, for other Chinese tech companies. They will be dropping testing requirements. So that's going to be good news for the sector and the wider economy. And they join other top-tier cities like Beijing, Shenzhen and Guangzhou in relaxing curbs in recent days. So that's good news. And of course, we have Pang Jingyi. She is Economics Associate Director for IHS Market to help us unpack it all. How are you doing this morning? Good morning, Ryan. Good morning, Elliot. I'm good. Happy Monday. Happy Monday, Jingyi. Now let's talk about what's playing out for China. And we've seen this coming sort of because of all the speculation and rumours. Finally, a bit more clarity. Walk us through the significance of this for the Chinese economy and the market reaction so far. Yeah, definitely, Ryan. So definitely these have been some of the signposts for the changes. We do know that the policies this route were a little bit on the extreme end. They have actually really weighed on the well Chinese economy is well really touching on some of the industrial sectors and to some extent even the low contact businesses such as online sales. So really showing the extent to which the measures have well um affected the economy as far as our Tyson PMI compiled by here, um other S P Global, they have actually seen milder contraction of the manufacturing sector in November, but at the same time, the supply chain issues have worsened. So the situation itself, well, with the changes here, actually provides well put up a direction, well, in a positive direction. But there is still certainly some well uncertainty as to what this could mean, um, especially on the infection side. Well, that could actually see to a little bit more with the easing of restrictions. But with all that being said, you know, our country economists themselves have actually really seen that the full restoration of normal economic activities is unlikely until we do have the COVID-19 policies getting altered. So that had really been the case in the step, as I said, you know, in the right direction. Um, market reaction has only been one positive. We've seen early movers such as the ASX 200 in Australia. That's printing positive number. And this is well taking into account the fact that last Friday we do have U.S. market giving us quite a bit of a poor lead. So we could be seeing the rest of the Asian region doing the same, showing a bit of a positive start to the week. Yeah, and of course, uh, what happens in China will have an impact on the rest of the region. And this is where the Singapore PMI numbers will be an interesting read in the coming months. So you've got the latest numbers and it is showing actually an easing to 56.2 in November from 57.7 in October. So that seems to indicate a bit of moderation of sorts. Help us unpack what this is showing us, Jingyi. Yeah, definitely, right. So for the past, well, until October, we have seen that the trend itself remains on the upside in Singapore. 
definitely been one of this whole economy PMI showing strong readings, while the rest of Asian region, in fact, actually been seeing slowdown. But so far in November, what we have seen in terms of the trajectory is the S&P Global, um, well, Singapore PMI, the whole economy PMI actually showing a bit of a slowdown. There's just demand and output growth slowing, contributing to the easing of that headline number. Uh, some of the reports itself from the, well, the survey participants have been showing that the capacity issues and supply constraints actually really weigh on production uh, within Singapore economy. What's really worth highlighting actually is our only sentiment sub-index, the future output index, actually showed business confidence falling to the lowest in eight months. And this is on the back of concerns over recession risk, uh, the upcoming GSD implications on sales, and how COVID-19 may continue to affect our lives, especially um, as we were perhaps anticipating a bit of a reinfection rates go up a little bit into the year end. So I think, you know, the these um, PMIs have really been one to well, show a little bit of an early signal for economic growth. I think as far as this is suggesting, we may be seeing a bit of a slowdown coming through um, in the near, near term. Yeah, those PMI numbers just hot off the press out this morning. The S&P Global Singapore PMI numbers down to 56.2 in November from 57.7 the prior month. And like you pointed out, the sub-index for business confidence is showing some signs of further deceleration. So one to watch as we see what plays out. And also, what we were watching over the weekend is OPEC Plus because going into those meetings, we were expecting them to potentially cut their production outputs further because oil prices have been moderating. Like what you alluded to, um, moderation of growth was expected, a recession risk around the corner. That has been weighing on oil prices, but they did not cut oil production. Why did they decide to keep status quo, Jingyi? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And this is an interesting one. So we, uh, as you mentioned, expected the cut coming through, uh, fresh cut, in fact, but they actually stuck to the current 2 million barrels per day reduction. Now, we do see that the OPEC Plus, well, for one, doesn't really want to stand the fire at the point where there remains a lot of uncertainty. We just discussed the China demand. Uh, well, it's uncertain whether, you know, in terms of whether they have been easing restrictions, but the infection rates itself could also mean uncertainty for demand itself. And over and above that, well, earlier, I heard you mention about the Russian crude oil situation. Now, we do know that the EU sanctions on that go, in fact, or well, go into effect today. So further cutting supply right ahead of which will be another blow to the energy market that the OPEC plus really certainly want to avoid well, at this point of time. Um, so I think the overall situation remains one where we're seeing how the prices itself may actually uh, move our well, analysts on this end itself certainly been looking well into 2023 to see prices fluctuating around 80 to 110 levels. Currently, brands around 86, 90. Mm. Um, so certainly seeing how well this itself may actually play out, but we're not really expecting too much of a movement. And as far as well, what the PMI surveys again shown that energy prices, that itself are uh, seeing some easing of the pressure. So I think, you know, on that end itself, it's a little bit of a good news, at least from the energy market end for inflationary pressures. But I said, you know, it really depends a little bit as well on the demand situation. And June, just to wrap things up very quickly, uh, talking about good news, we had good news on the economic front where we had the non-farm payrolls last Friday showing a hotter than expected number, 263,000. Is that going to mean those rate hikes are going to be just going to be higher and longer for around? Well, Ryan, good news for the jobs market in the US, but maybe not so good news for the overall economy. So 263, that was above consensus um, so far. 
we do know that Fed Powell last week actually placed a bit of emphasis on employment conditions. Uh, we see that wage inflation is one of the top concerns and the fact that the, well, this itself is still showing a tight labor market may mean that the Fed will really continue to raise rates a little bit for longer. So far, we're expecting 50 basis points for December and two more 25 basis points next year itself. So, you know, that itself could actually mean a bit more of this pressure for the economy. You know, very quickly, our U.S. manufacturing sector PMI has really shown well contraction. So it won't be a surprise, you know, as we see that the trend really continue keeping an eye as well on more of the services PMI that's going to be out today across mm. the world. Right, we'll see how those rate hikes in past quarters will play out for the economy. She is the Economics Associate Director for IHS Market. Thanks for your time this morning, Jingyi. Thank you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.